Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. All right. So. <laughs> yeah. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tooth. The. You. <laughs> you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. I wish I could put the toothpaste back in the tube. So if you're new in this space of mine, and by new I mean you've you've found out about me in the past, I don't know, eight to ten months or so, this could be needing of context. So anybody that came to me before that time, during twenty twenty or before that, all the way back to like twenty twelve, you you'd know me as Joseph Solomon, the Christian YouTuber guy, Joseph Solomon, the Christian poet, or Joseph Solomon, the Christian worship leader slash singer, whatever it was, it was Joseph Solomon, the Christian. So it took a lot of people by surprise, and apparently not some, when I posted something on Twitter and then reposted the screenshot of it on my Instagram that read, I'm not a Christian. Maybe I'll explain that further at some point on a podcast or something, but I'm really in no rush. I figured I'd at least just set context for any inquiring minds so y'all can choose for yourselves how to move around me henceforth. I won't be answering any follow-up questions in my mentions. If you ain't really fooled with me personally before this, now's not the time to make your debut. Your text or DM will go unanswered. I tried. And I tried. At a certain point, I think I began to fear the gossip and I told you so's more than leaving faith itself. Y'all can do what y'all want to do. I, I, as D- Dave Chappelle had once said, I really wish I hadn't said that. <laughs> I really wish I wouldn't have said that. Nah, um, I don't. I don't regret saying what I said. 
maybe I regret my approach to it. To give some context to my approach before I switch it up, I just wanted to get it over with. And I feared the responses of people when I tried to build a defense for myself. But I believe that if I left it there, I might possibly miss an opportunity, not simply to try to defend or protect myself, but to help others. And that's what I want to do. I want to help others. I thought about writing this out, but I think I'll trust myself to be clear without writing it down. I was challenged by a friend of mine about my posture concerning this. I believe she's right. don't want to approach this in a way that is simply beneficial to me that just cuts me off from a particular audience or expectation of an audience but rather if I believe that what I have found what I have experienced what I am experiencing where I'm going is beneficial and helpful and healthy and I'm leaving away from something that was not healthy for me then maybe there are many other people who are curious not because they're nosy not because not because they wish to condemn but because they're scared right now that maybe they're going through their own process of unbelief, process of drifting away from the faith that everyone knows them to have, and they don't know what to do with that. To feel safe, they put on a mask. They hide their true struggles so that they won't be ostracized from the community that they're in, so that they'll feel safe because they don't know where else to go. I said in a spoken word that I did a while ago that actually went, you know, got pretty popular. It was about doubt back in 2014. And I asked something along the lines of, Because honestly, I've considered quitting, but where where will will I I go? go? Back? Back? I remember that sense of 
staying because everything else outside of Christian faith seemed scary. But I'm no longer scared. And I know that many people may still be. I no longer see I no longer see leaving faith as going back but as moving forward. I don't even think deconstruction, deconstructing is the proper word, but evolution, evolving, daring to be honest. sense of life and I'll never claim to know all the answers but I have gone through enough to be able to possibly help someone else make their life a little easier a little less chaotic and so from that perspective is, is how I approach this. To let go of the need to defend myself, to let go of the need to prove anything to anybody. But to be honest, and then for those who are who have or who will go through what I've gone through, that it will be helpful to you. Because I know how heavy it can be. But I promise you, there is hope on the other side. There is love. There is clarity there is morality there is community full of loving and broken people who are healing just like you there is peace and joy all of the things that were marketed as exclusive to your Christianity, you can find outside of its boundaries. So I'm, I'm making this as, as a resource and as a bridge for those who need to hear it and fully knowing that there will be spectators and those who are simply curious. For those who are hearing this and still want to stay 
a Christian, but they feel some uncertainty around their faith because of the influence that I played in that. One thing I've I've tried to be clear about throughout my time uh, on YouTube and poetry and things, and and even more so now, I think I've become more and more clear about it. One thing that I've I've had to understand is that you have whatever you believe, you have to own it. You can't lease it from anybody. You can't rent it. You have to own it. And if you own that faith, then you own it. No matter who gave it to you, no matter who sold it to you, no matter where it came from, if you if you own it, you own it. But if you don't own it, it was never fully yours. It was borrowed from someone else. Now is a beautiful time to consider what you own. What truly belongs to you. You know, I thought that I would only feel annoyed by comments in response to my statement. And that was the first response. I did not expect to feel hurt. I did not expect to feel anguish. I think the thing that um, hurt most, if I'm honest, is what some of you may feel that people may question about you, that they'll question the authenticity of your experience. They'll question whether or not you truly believed or wanted to believe or that Maybe it was all a fake. Maybe it was all an act. Maybe it was all for popularity. Maybe it was all for money. Maybe it was all for status or to fit in, whatever. Maybe it was all for all the wrong reasons. But I know for me, and I want to reassure it in you, that you know. You know your motives. Maybe for some of your motives, we're wrong. And there's always a spectrum. Yeah, there's always a mixture of of pure and impure motives. So I won't say that popularity, acclaim, the accolades, the the praise never ever played a part in my faith. I won't I won't tell that lie. I don't and I don't think I've had to tell that lie in the past. I've been open about that as well. But I can honestly say for about a decade or so, and even before that, quite a bit of time. I grew up in the church, and I departed from faith in college and then came back around for a long time, for some years now. I have genuinely sought after the face of the God of the Bible. I've, I've cried, man. I'm sure you've cried. I've begged, I've read, I've emoted, I've laid on the floor, I've been despondent, I've been depressed, I've questioned the value of my existence, because if I tried this long to be a child of God, to be sure 
and to erase all doubt and question, and to always be met with questions. You wonder whether or not God truly loves you. And if you come from a particular branch of conservative Christianity, you may even question that you were made for damnation, that you were made to be rejected. But you're not. And I hope that you will see that. series of podcasts because that's what I feel like it really could be I'd like to make it so condensed but as you may suspect faith and, and life is so complex so many tangled chords and so I don't I don't expect to be able to untangle all of them in in one sitting. So I'll try to be general. But as many of you know, for years I've, I've struggled with believing God, particularly the God of the Bible. And that's actually what drove me to know so much about the Bible. It's that I, I wasn't inquiring, I wasn't, I wasn't probing in order to disprove the Bible. I wasn't probing in order to find loopholes or find ways to catch the emperor with no no clothes on. I, I probed because in it, in that Bible, I believe there to be the answers to all of, of life. I believe that everything I needed could be in that Bible if I just understood it better, if I just understood its context a little better and ultimately just understood its author a little better, then everything would make sense. And so out of the abundance of that, I became a teacher of the Bible. Not that I ever saw myself being a teacher, not that I ever wanted to put myself in that position. It was just I knew I had the gift of language to some degree and I had the gift of curiosity. And so the two together, mixed with a little bit of uh, videography skills, you get a YouTube channel. You get Chase God TV webisodes. What's going on? It's your boy Joe hitting you with the first installment of the Chase God webisodes, man. Yeah, yeah. You see a young man genuinely Wrestling with God. Wrestling to know. Wrestling to be sure. Wrestling. Wrestling to rest. 
running to sit down somewhere. And so I, man, I I read as many books as I could. Obviously, the 66 books of the Bible. And then commentaries and then and then conferences, and then seminary, and then, I mean, you name it. I studied so much. Not that I would simply have a lot of facts about God, but that I I genuinely, I just wanted to know, have a relationship, and experience God so deeply. And I believe I had moments where I, I felt that that was true. Y'all, I tried for so long. And eventually I became okay with the doubt. I still believe it to be true that if faith can be anything, it can be a mix of doubt because what is faith if you know everything? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence not seen. I looked all over for the evidence and I didn't see it. And so I, I kept going forward as if it were true. Is that not what faith is? So. I began to be okay with the doubt. Not to brag about the doubt, not to bask in it, not to be making a badge of honor out of it, but a badge of honesty and saying, this is where I really am. Oh, man, I was so scared to put out that poem, Shadow of a Doubt. I was so scared that this Christian teacher would admit that, that he had questions and for that thing to go viral to see so many people resonate with what I said. Maybe that's one reason why I'm doing this right now, because even now to say I'm, I'm so scared, but there may be so many people who resonate with this, and they're just scared to, all the way from just your average churchgoer who shows up twice a month, all the way to your ushers, all the way to your praise and worship leaders, to your pastors, to your conference leaders, your evangelists, your artists. So many of them feel alone. And so I began to be more open and honest about my doubt, about my questions. And in many ways, that felt good to do that because I never want to feel like I'm trying to be something I'm not. The whole purpose, the whole angle of my channel, my poems and all that was just to show people someone who's, who just wants to be honest, man 
who doesn't have all the answers, but he's trying to get as many as he can and help people process things. But I don't know it all. I could not bear the weight of trying to be someone I'm not. And so I, I made it a practice to be more transparent, more transparent than many public and popular Christians would want to be. I didn't want to be somebody who, who people just saw as someone who had the right answers or the right songs, or the right poem, but somebody who, who was truly and just figuring it out just like everybody else is. That was my that was my goal. And so. But more and more, as I thought that that would also help the doubt go away, to be honest, to expose what was in the darkness, to bring it to light, that it may be exposed, that the 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 UV rays of the sun may. May clean it away. They only began to grow more in the darkness. Once I thought I figured out one thing, one doubt, one one doctrine that I had a problem with, another would pop up. And it got to the point, you know, that I, I questioned if how long I could really do this, how long I could uphold this and and still keep my sanity. Because the depression came heavy, man. And I had a break for from it for a while, but man, Like many of you, man, when when you become isolated during pandemic and quarantined to your own emotions, man, things can get dark. Now, I don't want anybody to try to decipher Oh, well, see, he was isolated. That's why, because he didn't have community. I had community, y'all. For the most part. But there were moments in my life that I I experienced the, the real dissonance of God. You know, there's been a lot of people online that have been expressing how hurt or disappointed they are that I announced that I'm not a Christian. And, you know, some of that was followed up with some, you know, pretty rude words as well. But no matter the spectrum, you know, I I get the disappointment, but I thought to myself, like, wow, like, of all these people being concerned about how they felt when I lost my felt my faith, I'm like, how you think I felt? <laughs> I I that shit was rough, man. That faith did not die quickly.
there became this gradual transition of just not wanting to be a public-facing Christian, wanting to be a Christian, but just not being someone who figures that stuff out on the public grounds because, well, if you do that, then your popularity and, and your money and your livelihood, all that hinges on you figuring it out the right way. And there are people waiting for you to get it right. And if you get it wrong, then we've got a place for you to go. And I didn't want that tied to my own livelihood. As scary as that would be, I was like, I don't know what I'd do. I was like, I'll just start Ubering, man. Like, I, I'd, I'd rather Uber. I'd rather, I'd rather Uber, man, than be some popular poet, some popular singer who, who feels trapped and not able to truly wrestle through his inquiries. I, 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 I can just, I can make money in different ways. I, did, I don't, I never needed the money. This is not a brag, but I'm, I, I've been gifted with quite a few different talents and I've always seemed to make stuff work. I was a photographer, a videographer, a web design, um, creative uh, consultant, whatever it is, voiceover stuff, like, I'm going to figure it out. And so the transition came. It was like, all right, let's start doing other stuff. Let's figure out a way to back away from being a forward-facing Christian and just be a Christian in the background. And I've always appreciated those type of Christians very particularly because they have no social or monetary incentive to be Christian. At least that I can tell. No, no, not on a, on a large scale. They're just Christian because that's what they do. That's what they believe. In Christian entertainment industry, it's hard to tell because somebody could be long gone, but you know, they're popular to make a lot of money. And it's like, well, where, where else can I make this kind of money this easy, this consistently? I'll just keep it up, man. And I'm not judging because I understand how tempting that can be to want to just put on the act so that you can make your living, you can provide for your family and stuff. But that just ain't, that ain't what I can do. Not for any extended period of time. I'd, I'd rather be broke. I'll figure something out. So I never needed the money. It never really was about the money to me. I, I, I didn't really start making some decent money until probably 2018. And even then, it's like, it's cool. I won't lie. It's nice to finally, like, really, like, make some, like, adult money, you know, after striving so long as a, self-employed artist like it, it was nice man I'm not gonna lie to you but at the end of the day it's it's not worth my peace not worth my joy not worth my freedom none of that matters in the end none, none of the money and popularity matters in the end of it all and so if that's you if you feel 
like you're in that space where like I need to provide. Maybe it's different for you because I'm single with no kids and you've you've got a maybe you've got a wife and kids, a husband and kids. Maybe you've got people to take care of. And it's hard. And I hope that you find a way to 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 detach yourself. I'm not saying to even detach yourself from Christianity, but to be able to detach yourself from the money that keeps you tied to Christianity so that you can be genuine, so that you can know for yourself that this is what I believe. All money aside, all social implications aside, this is what I want to do with my life. Whether I was making a million dollars or a dollar, this is what I want to do. So that's what I was trying to create for myself. And, you know, I began to wrestle. I began to just like be open to whatever ends that I would come to. Because before I would just, you know, in my research, I always had to come back to Christianity and a particular type of Christianity at that. I always wanted to, had to, with all my questions and doubt, they, they had, they had a pre-concluded ending. They, they, the, the ending was fixed for me. It had to end up somewhere. And that's not true inquiry. That's not true curiosity. If you're just trying to get to your answer that you already have, you're just trying to go on the journey of research to get to the answer that you already want. I wanted to go where I believed truth would take me, that genuine curiosity, honest curiosity would take me. And that began for me, um, very much during pandemic and uh, which pandemic was great because, you know, it's a great transition of like trying to figure out like what I could just said, like, you know, money aside, like, what would you do? And it's like, well, all right, all your tours are canceled. Everything's done. You're not making any money off being a popular Christian right now anyway. So what would you do? All right. I'd be honest. I'd search. I took advantage of that time. Didn't have any conferences coming up. I didn't have any bookings. I could just be honest with me. And the work began. The work began. The rest began. The therapy began again. I started therapy again. And more and more, I became okay with not calling my doubts doubts but just, I don't know, just not seeing them in a negative way. Like, well, that's, if this has bothered you for that long and you have not been able to reconcile it, then it's okay to let it go. If it's, if it's become unbearable to you, You know, that's one popular teaching of Jesus that he says, my yoke is easy and my, my burden is light. And so if this thing has become burdensome, <laughs> that doesn't sound like the Jesus that talks about himself in, in the Gospels. If this journey is always burdensome, always uneasy yoke, It's not adding up. 
That doesn't sound like the spirit of Christ that is purported in the Gospels. So, eventually, I... I finally became okay with, you know, I had kind of let go of a few things here and there along the way that I, you know, I began to simplify my faith, become a sort of minimalist, a Christian minimalist in the sense of like, I don't need all of this for the journey. I can let go of some of this, some of the traditional and cultural baggage that people have given to me and said that this is God. I was like, oh, maybe I don't, maybe I don't necessarily need that. Maybe I don't need to believe that women can't be pastors and I can still be a Christian. Maybe I don't need to believe that Genesis one, and two speaks of a literal six days and I can still be Christian. Maybe. So it became gradual. And some people may critique that and say, see, that's how it's just little by little, you know, give an inch and the devil take a mile. But consider the, the alternative. There are some people who believe opposite. They believe that I must keep it all. And if I can't keep it all, I can't keep it at all. And that's what I was trying to avoid. My thing was, if I start questioning inerrancy of scripture, if I start questioning the deity of Christ or the resurrection, if I start questioning these things, if one thing falls, it's like like theological Jenga. Like if one piece gets pulled out the wrong way, then the whole thing comes crashing down. That's what I didn't want. And so I slowly just try to hold on to as much as possible. Just like, all right, okay, cool. That went away. That's fine. I still got this. I still got resurrection. I still got, I still got deity of Christ. I still got, for the most part, the the historicity of the scriptures. And I I still got, I tried to hold on to as much as I could. And I felt like it was all just slipping through my fingers. And eventually I became okay with just letting it go. that happened to be somewhat spiritually naked (laughs) ah man it was a sort of a scary moment of like feeling like you're just free falling for a moment like man like what do I do now what do I do now how do I make sense of my life more importantly how do I find purpose How do I find happiness, contentment? And I'll save all the details for that for maybe for another episode, but I'll say this. I began to learn myself in a radically new way. Some of us don't know ourselves outside of faith, and I know that In many ways, you're not supposed to, right? You're supposed to only know yourself in Christ if you're a Christian. But that can also be a cover-up for real things about yourself. It, it It can prevent you from deeply interrogating yourself. Deeply interrogating your motives. What drives you. What triggers you. What satisfies you? What makes you feel fulfilled?
And I had to ask all my I had to ask myself all those questions outside of faith. I was reconstructing myself. After many years of Christian subculture deconstructed me. And what I began to see as the the structure began to go up, I began to see a, a broken little boy, a broken teenager, who had been trying to get other people to figure out his contentment for him for the longest, whether it be through relationships or through theological certainty. And I had to figure out who that boy was, who that teen was, just by himself. What does he value? What hurts him? What gives him joy? What drives him? What confuses him? What satisfies him? And I went on a journey of just a lot of self-work, man. And uh, I eventually began to tell my family and close friends. And that was hard, but it was freeing at the same time. It's very bittersweet to sense their sadness, but also to know that you've, you feel no pressure anymore. You feel no expectation, but to just be yourself. I've been so happy. And now I want other people to know what that feels like. And I'm figuring out how I do that. How do I How do I play a role in coming to the aid of the joy of other people with my motivation simply being, I know what it's like to heal and to become whole when I've been broken for so long. I have to excuse just the emotion. This is, uh, I didn't think it'd be this hard to talk about. (sighs) Today was hard. Today was hard. But it was needed and I'm, I'm still very excited about my journey. And I'm excited about others who may find a safe haven and after you have been tossed to and fro on the waves you would find a shore somewhere over here some sand to wash up on 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Atlanta, where the local time is 10.46 a.m. For your safety and the safety of those around you, please remain seated with your seatbelt fastened and keep the aisles clear until we are parked at the gate. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 